Hello, welcome to IntelliCast. This is season four, episode 12. My name is Brian Lamar. I am the vice president of insights here at EMI. I'm not sure if I've ever told anybody that, that I work at EMI and I work in insights. Uh, joining me today is producer Brian. Producer Brian, what's your role here? I am the producer of IntelliCast, but I'm also the marketing guy here at EMI. Okay, cool. Among, among the many other things I do. Yeah, you wear a lot of hats. And for those of you who've been listening for four years, that's what we kind of do in addition to goofing off on a podcast about once a week. Um, thanks for listening. You can please please email us or follow us or text us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com, EMI underscore research on Twitter, IntelliCast1 on Twitter. And we love getting text messages, um, 513-401-5463. What should we talk about today, Brian? There's some news, but there's anything else we want to talk about? Did you get your shot yet? Did you get your vaccine? No, I'm not open. They won't let me schedule it till Monday. Yeah. So, but have you? Are you scheduled? I'm not scheduled, but I think, you know, we're recording this in late March. And I think by April, I'll, I think I'll be able to just kind of walk down to UDF, which is a local gas station, and get one. I think there's going to be plenty. And I'm just kind of waiting it out a little bit, letting all the other people get it first. And I'll sign up soon. But, you know, I know you're around your wife or some healthcare with patients and you have children. So I understand your urgency. Yeah. Well, she, my wife is fully vaccinated because you mentioned she is in healthcare. So she has had both shots. She got Moderna sick as a dog after that second one knocked her out for a good 24 hours. Um, yeah. felt she, she describes it as having the worst flu she's ever had because well, she literally, working, right? yeah, apparently, yeah. If the worst reaction you have, the more it's working. I mean, she felt she slept for 18 hours. After she got it. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, I got one other thing I wanted to ask you about. So I want to get yep. your opinion on this. Is this so March Madness? I, no, no, it's not. Okay. I'm not going to talk about March Madness because whoever Good. wins this, they're getting an asterisk. Um, <laughs> so I found out yesterday that my daughter's school is doing career week coming up at mid-April. And yes. they have put out a request to normally – they would have parents come in and talk about the jobs they do. Well, they're yes. doing career videos this year. Okay. And keep in mind, my daughter's in kindergarten, so this is for a kindergarten class. I'm thinking yeah. of doing it, but yeah. I'm trying to figure out how I can describe my job that will make it sound interesting to six-year-olds. What are your thoughts yeah. on that? All right, you can do, I think, a couple things. Number one is you kind of – make information look pretty, right? Or you could probably talk about ads and commercials and how you help design those types of things. That's what I told my parents uh, for quite a long time, that if they saw an ad, I did the research kind of in the design of the ad. And I think that that will also work with kindergartners. Okay. What, what were you thinking about doing? I was thinking of leaving out the core function of my job and just saying, I produce a podcast. Because honestly, I think I think the six year olds might know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, that's that's what you do. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah. I think you should do it because it's 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 kind of cool for I think the students to see that. That's cool stuff. Yeah, you yeah. kind of break it down. It's about how you tell the story and how long you have. You probably have like five minutes, right? Right. Um, actually, they said they wanted a ten minute video. I said ten minutes. What What am I going to talk about for ten minutes? Well, I guess we're going to have to get into, like, webinars. <laughs> yeah. 
video production. Collateral. Keep in mind, these are kids that are saying they want to be ballerinas or Spider-Man or Iron Man. baseball player. When they grow up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm going to find this a little interesting. So that's something I have to think about over the next couple weeks, how I'm going to do this. Yeah, we we should tweet that out when you get that finished. Yeah. So our listeners know what you do. I think we'll post it on the on the IntelliCast Twitter. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's cool. Um, yeah. You want to move into some uh, market research news now? Yes. Cool. We're going to completely ignore NCAA, correct? Yes. Okay. <laughs> First up, SMR launched an update to their SMR 28 document. I guess now we're going to call it the SMR 37 doesn't have quite the same ring to it yeah first update in nine years and so if you're listening to this this is big news actually um smr who is kind of the global um primarily european um organization that helps develop standards this is a huge document that is used for buyers of sample to kind of differentiate between sample providers every legitimate sample provider will have this document um It was called the SMR 28, which is the 28 questions to help buyers of online samples. Every panel should fill it out. Uh, I wish there was more policing of it because most of these panels turn it into like a sales document rather than um, strictly answering the questions. But it's questions about how do you build your panel? How do you manage your panel? How do you incentivize your panel? These are all relevant questions. Um, And thankfully, you know, sampling has changed a lot in the last nine years and so there's some new questions, a lot of them are on privacy type questions, but there's some good blending. There's a good blending question in there. And there's also um, providing buyers um, some data such as um, completion rate, getting a better handle on standardizing maybe what an active member might be. So that's kind of interesting. That's question 37. But it's a big deal that this has been released. Um, kudos to uh, Reg Baker, who, by the way, I think I think this was my idea. I told Reg a couple years ago that we needed to update it, and he was very surprised. So I'm going to take a little credit, even though I'm listed nowhere. But the other team, um, people you know, Pete K from Dynata, Melanie Courtright, Peter Miller, Judith Passingham, these are all huge names in the industry. They did a great job. There was also a sounding board, people from Maru, Sint, um, Kantar, Mary Beth Weber from Case, um, Efren. Rivera was involved, and there's also some client people. So this is a big deal, um, Brian. I, I rambled a lot there. Um, we'll have to kind of update ours soon, right? Yep. The other piece, so you and I have been trading instant messages back and forth on this over the last day or so. You sent it out to company-wide just saying, hey, take a look at this, um, kind of showing all the different changes in questions. I honestly didn't look at it when you first sent it until like yesterday afternoon right? because I started to write a blog on it and I thought, oh, they, they added some questions because your no. email didn't give the changes to it justice. You said, oh, they've updated it. Right. There's a lot of. Yeah. So I'm looking at it and thinking, ah, oh, they added a few questions, maybe reworded a couple things. This shouldn't take too long. I got a quarter of the way in and real scrapped my entire plan for what I was doing because it is an update doesn't give it justice. It's a revamp. It's almost a brand new document. The, instead of just having a list of 28 questions, they've got, as you mentioned, 37 questions, but they broke them down into six categories. 
you have like the company profile talking about who the company is. And it gives you a little bit more detail of what they are versus just tell us about your company. The section of sample sources and recruitment, that's kind of similar to what was what was there, but it goes into has some different questions into it. The sampling and project management. There's also a data quality and validation section. A big new addition is the policies and compliance where you talk about that's data quality. Are you complying with CCPA, um, GDPR, all of that? Um, and then there's a metrics component, like what are sample providers providing back to their clients? Um, just from someone not doing research involved in it on a day-to-day, I read through this. I can see Mary Beth Weber and Cases and Ephraim's impact on this because it's much more seems to be much more designed for a brand to read. Yes. To get the data from it. Yep. And man, good summary. There's also a glossary at the end, which is something that I think that we've all been kind of hoping for. Um, kind of aligning on definitions such as affiliate partner, API, blending, um, what fraudulent participants are, um, what personal data is, uh, what a router is. And so um, that's a good piece too. It's a really good document. So kudos to SMR. Yeah, I think it's also going to increase some transparency as well. Um, one question I posed to you was like question 26. It said, all right, what are your what blends do you use for your sample providing? How much are your own? How much are you sourcing from others? So we know there are some within sample that aren't necessarily as transparent as they should be on when they are pulling in additional panels to help supplement their own. This part now, they're going to have to be much more transparent. Otherwise, someone's going to go back and say, hey, you didn't say this in this SMR and you're SMR 37 document, how come you're using this? And it can cause some problems. Yeah. Um, question 26 you mentioned is right in our wheelhouse. Um, so thank you for SMR for putting that question in there. Everybody should um, hopefully answer as transparent as possible on that um, to your point, because that is super important. If you've seen anything that we put out in terms of blogs, webinars, our simple landscape report, uh, blending is um, one of the, um, best things you can do to achieve data quality. So um, definitely 26. Read that one. That It's now mainstream versus not us just saying it's best practice or people doing it and hiding it or even saying, no, don't do it. It's not best. It's not the best way you should do research. It is now mainstream. Yep. Finally. Yep. Our second piece of SMR news um, the SMR election results are in. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of new members here, and it is predominantly female. I think this was a record-setting piece for the female representation on the SMR board this year. Uh, Probably new so, president, yeah. New president, Kristen Luck. No surprise there. I'm. I'm. Oh. Was she running unopposed? Because if not, I feel sorry for the person who was running against her. She did not run unopposed. <clears throat> I was going to joke around that it was a huge upset. Um, but no, Kristen Luck, obviously, she's been on the podcast a couple of years ago, but she's everywhere. She does everything, and she, we're lucky to have her in marketing research. And um, this kind of entrenches her. She's kind of forced to stick with us for another two years. Um, but having her on board as president will be incredible for our industry. Yeah, a couple other notes. We have Nikki Lavoie as the <clears throat> vice president, being kind of yep. the right-hand person to Kristen. And then also on the council, 
representing the United States, Lisa Wilding Brown from Innovate. Yep. Um, we should probably have her on the podcast soon um, because she's awesome. Um, we talked about her last episode as well. Um, a couple of people from the U.S., Michelle Gansley, who I know. She's amazing. And then there's people, Nikki Lavoie, you mentioned, from France. Uh, but members from Belgium, Uruguay, India, U.K., Japan, Nigeria. So well-rounded um, board and council members. And, again, Kristen Luck is just amazing. So uh, looking forward to see what they do the next couple of years. So I have a question for you. Yeah. We both know that SMR is a is mainly a European organization. Yes, it does have some ties to the U.S. in that piece, but it is predominantly European. Um, yes. Now with Kristen Luck being president, do you see it becoming a little more prominent within the U.S. and maybe more of a global? I mean, it's always been a global, but maybe loosening a little bit of their European arm or maybe just strengthening its U.S. influence? Well, well- I think this is perfect. That's a good question. Joe Kimbrecha, who is the former president who works at NetQuest, and he's amazing. I know him really well. He's a super nice guy, super smart. He did a lot of like connectivity, and that has really been the key to success is you have these different organizations. You have the Australia. You have SMR. You have um, MRS in the UK, and you have um, Insights Association in the, in the US. And he really did a great job of kind of connecting all these people. Um, I know they met frequently, the leaders of each of those organizations, um, because, you know, I think probably up until 10, 15 years ago, they could act somewhat separately, loose, very separate, you know, loosely kind of speak to each other. Now we're so global. Um, the fact that they're working together is just, I think it's necessary. It's integral to the success. And as we grow in insights, but Joe Kim did a lot for that. And so he gets, he should get a lot of credit. As president, and in that whole council that existed that just ended. But yes, to answer your question, more of that. Kristen will absolutely build more bridges to these. I mean, she knows everybody, and so she will continue that trend. And um, so, you know, Melanie Courtright and Insights Association and all the other people that head up their organizations, I'm sure they will be meeting frequently and take it to a whole other level. Awesome. Well, we have a few other news stories that are non-SMR related. Our first one is that Numerator has launched a new home improvement tracker. And this tracker will provide bi-weekly insights into omni-channel buying behavior, advertising, and promotional activity. Um, Brian, what are your thoughts on that? I was nice to see Numerator in the news. They do lots of cool stuff. Um, they have a little bit of a presence here in Cincinnati. Most of their, I think most of their employees work remote even before the pandemic, um, even though they, I guess they list their headquarters in Chicago. But uh, you know, I don't think, I think most people are really spread out, but they, they do really cool stuff with the receipts and targeting and um, kind of more modern um, tracking behavioral activity of consumers. And so I think this is really cool. Home improvement obviously is, I mean, I'm assuming everywhere, at least in America, home improvement's out of control. Um, it's hard to even get a contractor um, without three months advance notice. So the fact that they're doing this is certainly a need. I think they can leverage it really well. And um, yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. Forget a contractor, just finding like lumber at some points last year at your local home Depot was a challenge. Yep. Um, yep. I, I get it. We're home. 
well, we've been stuck in this same house for a year now. Well, yeah, I could could really use some sprucing up. I know right. I have some home improvement plans here coming up this weekend. Kids and I are going to plant a garden. But yeah, I think this is cool. I think it's also going to be very beneficial to all of those home improvement sectors to kind of know, all right, where are people going to be spending their money now? Is it going to be more outdoor? Is it going to continue the trend with more indoor updates? Or is it just going to go down in general now that stuff is starting to open back up and people are like, all right, well, now I don't have to be at this house. I can go somewhere else. Yeah, the, the shift in home improvement spend will be interesting to follow. And so, you know, are people building another bedroom or are they building a new office? And not just an office, you know, most of us just take their small spare bedroom and turn into an office, right? That might change to where you build a really nice office that's more modern and kind of like your work environment at work, only it's in a bedroom. And so I'll be interested to see how that trend happens. I have seen online where people have built like almost a tiny house in their backyard. Yeah, I saw that where, too, yeah. Where a shed may be, and it is their office. They've wired it for internet, power, everything, and that's where they go. And it's set up kind of like where you and I would have an office in their home, but it is outside the house, so it still feels that separation. Right. Yep. All right. Uh, our next story, Confirm It and Focus Vision has added three people to their leadership team now that their merger has closed. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the people that they are new to the leadership team, but it's good to see them making moves because, you know, they're two giant companies and this merger is going to be tough. I think it was just completed very recently, the last couple of weeks. And so, you know, a new CEO was a Confirmant CEO, right? The, I think the Confirmant CEO, I think his name's um, Kyle Ferguson, maybe? He is the new CEO. And so um, adding three people to the executive team, um, the leadership team, you know, it's, it's just adding to how fast they're progressing as the merger keeps going. You said that really well. Yeah, I'm interested to see how this progresses, mainly because I've been in a situation where there is a merger between two companies of roughly the same size or close to it. Um, it's how they're going to integrate that internal team so there's not an us versus them. I think by diversifying that leadership team, kind of ensuring that it's all not from one group with only your token representation from the other company. I like this because it seems like they're adding from both groups to try to make it's not really an us versus them. It is a totally a, it is totally, this is now all of us, not just confirm it versus focus vision in turn when they're trying to get around that. Right. Completely agree. Good point. All right. Um, we have a cup. There were actually a couple different opinion articles that kind of caught my interest this past week. Um, I sent them to you as well. Let's dive into them. Cause I think they're going to be, I think they're pretty interesting. They both came from the, they both came resulting from panel discussions at the MRS Impact Conference 2021. The first is how market research, how can market research and user experience combine? Um, in that panel, they said user experience is misunderstood and can often be a better fit for projects than traditional market research. I'll let you kind of give your two cents on this because I have a little soapbox I'm going to stand on. Oh, nice. These two kind of topics you have, I think, are similar. And so the second topic is market research has a massive image problem. I think that you can apply that here as well. So user experience 
really they got a cool you know acronym UX and they really took off. No one knew what that was five years ago. I'm not sure if it's misunderstood, but they've done a better job of branding themselves. And the fact that they can get an opinion piece that UX is can be a better fit for projects than traditional market research, I think user experience is absolutely already part of marketing research. I mean, the job of marketing research is to um, use research to inform brands to make business decisions. And I, in my former life, used to work with a, um, I'll just say it's a baby care company that made wipes. And they would have scientists make baby wipes by hand with different patterns and different smells and different sizes. We would get people in a room. We would have them use them. We would have people give feedback. We would have people evaluate them and rate them. That's user experience. And that is absolutely part of marketing research. But I'm not mad at the UX people. I think that market research has done a horrible job of branding and at least itself to what Patrick Comer is leading. We've talked about it before with ResTech, which has its conference tomorrow. And we need to rebrand ourselves to be more around insights because we, we shouldn't be separate from the UX. There's my little soapbox. I'm not sure what yours is, but um, <laughs> go, go for it. Yeah. Um, well, this is going to sound kind of repetitive. Um, oh. I agree. User experience is not a separate thing. It is a component of market research. It is a different segment of market research. When you're saying user experience is misunderstood, that's just saying you misunderstand market research and understanding what is the best form of re market research you should be doing. That's, all, that's what I got from this. And it is a branding issue and an awareness issue. We have to do a better job of that. Man, we didn't, we didn't even prep for this, and we have the same take. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. It, it just, I, I read this, and I'm going, how is this any different from saying shell gas is, be is better for your car? It's gasoline. Gas, right. gas, unless you have a high-performance car that you need high-octane. But it's a the shell... 89 octane is a form of gasoline, kind of like how user experience is a form of market research. Yeah, I think I think UX try to carve out its own little niche, but UX is just a different, it's like a qualitative methodology. It falls generally under qual. It could be under quant too. Sometimes you do large user experience studies with a larger base size, that's quant. All falls under marketing research. Same with customer experience, CX. Yes. Same thing. Another segment. Another segment. They're all the, they yep. all roll up under one. Yep. So hey, if some UX or CX person wants to come on here and debate this, come on, bring it. Let's <laughs> have it on. <laughs> but hey, if you disagree, seriously, reach out to us. Yeah. I mean, you can see we're picking fights already. So um, let's jump into that second one where market research has a massive image project problem yeah. and this is from research heads at google and twitter and they're saying this as in terms of attracting talent and they say that the industry may be good at going into detail but they're not good at describing why it should be interesting to you the job seeker or the career seeker yeah i completely 100 percent agree and it's kind of sad it really saddens me and Part of my knowledge on this has been how I've got more involved in the diversity, inclusion, and education team with the Insight Association. And you start to look at how diverse 
not just our company is, like pretty much every marketing research company kind of looks the same. And um, we should be much more diverse. And we've, you know, I've, I've been on the soapbox before, but, you know, our job, again, is to inform brands what a representative group of people thought about something to inform their business decisions. And if our companies that are advising them aren't diverse and can take diversity into matter, that's a problem. And so we have a, we do have a massive image problem, similar to the last topic we just t- talked about. Thankfully, I think that hopefully this will change soon. I know on our local team, um, there'll be a press release soon, by the way, um, that some companies in Cincinnati are kind of getting together and really doing some specific action items. And we're going to get in front of non-traditional different colleges than we typically recruit from in the Cincinnati area. And I think it starts there is trying to be intentional about how you go after talent. And we can't, in Cincinnati, we're fortunate that we have a lot of great schools, right? We have the University of Cincinnati, a giant public school that has an incredible, some incredible business programs. We have Northern Kentucky University, right five minutes from Cincinnati, that is a great, incredible marketing research function. If you want a market researcher, you can go to NKU and you can just walk down the business halls and find someone that's, that has already had multiple classes in market research. That's incredible for our community. Xavier University is awesome. Miami University, right up the road, um, tons of talent there. So in Cincinnati, we're very fortunate to have this. However, if you only recruit from those four colleges, that's a that's a problem, right? So we're going to be doing um, a few things, probably looking at historically black colleges. There's a couple in Ohio. There's a couple in Kentucky. We're going to be going to um, like a trade schools and starting looking at talent there. And a lot of it is, is offering mentorships. A lot of it is getting in front of classrooms and talking about marketing research as a career and speaking to people about here's the opportunities that are available in marketing research because I wasn't aware of it until I was a junior in college. It's way too late. So we're going to get in front of them initially hopefully their freshman, sophomore year. And the good thing about marketing research, I mean, most people know this, you don't have to have any specific skills to be successful in marketing research. You know, we're not looking for engineers and doctors. Um, We're looking for a broad, diverse base of people that can do anything. We're looking at people that um, can work in sales and we're working at people that can do data analysis and we're looking at people that can do qualitative research and quantitative research and a million other jobs Pretty much anybody can work in marketing research. And so it's such an opportunity for us. And again, how are we not diverse? If we're offering like such a diverse set of job opportunities, we should already be diverse. Um, and then I'm going to keep going and then I'll let you talk, Brian. I'm sorry. The second phase of this, the second phase of this is we want to get in front of high schools, especially underprivileged high schools, because I think that if you can show people you know, their senior year of high school, here's some opportunities, some career paths that you can do. We're looking for people like you. Hopefully, then at that point, they can get mentorships and they can start doing internships at a young age, you know, when they're 18, 19. And then that's when everybody wins. The, our local market research community wins because we're developing talent at a much younger age. We're getting more diverse set of people. We're working together collaboratively as um companies in Cincinnati to do this. And I, I'm so excited to see where this ha- what happens in the next five years because I think, um, you know, a lot of these diversity teams get together and I'm, they try to be specific and action-oriented, but 
they struggle with that, right? This is hard. But we're doing specific actions, and coming soon, you'll see a press release. Probably in the next one or two podcasts, we'll talk about it more. But that's my – I don't know how long I talked, but I felt like I've talked for a long time about that. And what are your thoughts? So I agree with you. Part There's a chunk that diversity plays into it. You yeah. were talking about all the different colleges, like in Cincinnati. Think if you're – Cincinnati is like a mini hub for market research, maybe yes. a, a mid-hub. But they're probably recruiting from the Cincinnati colleges. Just come up the road towards my way, Dayton. I don't see any of them coming up here. I wasn't really aware of any like market research firms you go and work at when I was in college or anything like that. And right. I'm talking, I'm, I went to college an hour away from Cincinnati. Yep. So there's that component of it. It's kind of keeping within these bubbles. Like, all right, if you're getting into market research, there's a few different programs, particularly if you want, if you're interested in that, you go to, but I think on the other side of the coin, it goes back to that other story we had. It's a branding issue. It really, it's the, the detail we, you can get into the detail. This is what you do. It's, they've even said it, but it's not good at describing why this should be interesting to you. It, that's the branding component of, all right, this is what it is, but then it's a, why you should care component of, Oh, if you're thinking, um, Let's use an example. If when say you want say you're going to your historically black colleges or that kind of piece and on that diversity issue, yeah, you can talk about market research, but that still may not interest them because it doesn't click with them to say, why is this interesting to you? When you start to reframe it as it's, hey, you're gonna be able to speak to different populations or help get a different message across than what's normally out there or change the conversation with this. Oh, you know what? Oh, Oh, I didn't know that's what I could do with market research. Okay. Yeah. So this is a whole branding component again. So. Yep. Completely agree. It It, it should be a place where people would want to get involved in because you can do really cool stuff in marketing research. I've done such amazing stuff in my career. You can do, you can influence brands. You can see new products as they emerge. You can influence um, television commercials and ads. Um, you can get very strategic, and I get a lot of um, joy out of that. And it's uh, so it's just it's a, such a branding issue that we have. And I'm I think that there's so many things going on in our industry right now to correct it. And I'm not sure what will emerge, but I think that hopefully a year from now we're talking about all the awesome things we've done to kind of pivot the organization and, and rebrand it on the send out organization, our industry and, and rebrand it. Yeah, I agree. These are good topics, Brian. We'd love, I try. love feedback. We'd love some feedback. If y'all have any on these topics, because you know, this is Brian and I talking. If you disagree with us or you agree with us, um, let us know. I'll post one other thing out there. We would love to get some feedback on. We are considering starting a, the fad social media place right now, Clubhouse. We are thinking of starting an Intellicast Clubhouse channel where we can have some of these discussions, kind of an almost like a Reddit Ask Me Anything, but using Clubhouse. Uh, would you like to be involved with that? Do you want? Do you think we should do that? Let us know. Yeah, let us know because you know there's there's definitely been a couple conversations. There's another one coming led by Ian Ash um, of Dig Insights and. Um, 
I think there was about 50 people on yesterday talking about agile research. And um, we talked about mobile device usage and it was a good conversation. It's a different kind of, I don't know, it's a little different. It's, you know, it's all audio and you can't really save it. I think that's part of the appeal, but a lot of industry leaders were on there. So if you're not on Clubhouse, it's, you might want to check it out. I'm not sure if it's noise yet because there's other options, but um, so there's certainly conversation going on over at Clubhouse. So we would love any feedback if you want us to do like a, a sample portion, a sample Q&A, a discussion about any topic that you want. We'd be open to that. Yeah. Uh, we have just a couple other announcements as well. Uh, the Sample Landscape 2021 edition is available. Um, you can visit our website or check out the show notes for a link to download that. As well as the Sample Landscape 2021 webinar uh, we held last week. It, the on-demand version is now available. So if you missed out on that but still want to find out what we were talking about, uh, check out the link in the show notes where you can get the on-demand video. And if you listen to this podcast, I would recommend you probably do both of those things. I would download the report and watch the webinar. I agree. Brian, I think that covers everything we had. We had some good discussions today. Yeah, awesome. Love any feedback you have. We really appreciate you listening. We know there's a lot of marketing research podcasts out there. So any feedback you want to give us, positive, negative, how we can improve the show, you want to be a guest on the show, you want more topics, um, change the music maybe, let us know. And as always, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.